Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. What's up, you guys? Sean Ross Sapp here, managing editor of Fightful.com, FightfulWrestling.com, here with a floating Alex. Look at that! I put him in a window, because <laughs> usually when Alex joins me, it is on Google Hangouts, but uh, tonight I had promised you all interview clips from Hangman Page and Jay White, and he wanted to talk about a couple of these shows, so Alex, you're my Zordon tonight. Yep. Just a floating head. That's, that's, that's all I have tonight. Uh, it's It's been a dream of mine, and I'm glad that I could realize it now. I mean, look, you have no idea what I'm looking at right now. None, because I can't it's you. See, it's I, yeah, you. I can't, <laughs> I can't see you at all. So I, you could be a floating head or just a torso. Oh, I have no true. idea. You can't yeah. see me at all. My can't God. See you at all. What so a you can ball make fa- this is. You can, you can make faces at me while I'm talking See, about a lot of this fun. Stuff. A lot of this fun was lost on listening, you boy, when I had I when we, we had Nigel start producing because it did become overwhelming for me to produce and uh head up a lot of the content of that show. But there's plenty to talk about tonight. Uh just a heads up, guys. This show may be moving to our new premium service soon. I wanted to test the water, see how it worked out, but nothing that was on Fightful ahead of March will be moving to that service. It'll be all new content, but you all will have more information on that towards the end of the month. I'm very excited to roll it out, but we've got some stuff to talk about, Alex, some stuff that you particularly liked. As as many know, 
I do this show in the middle of the week. It might be happening towards the end of the week to spread out our shows a little bit more. But uh, to uh, cover things that aren't Raw and aren't SmackDown. So uh, what's, what's on your mind tonight? Well, the, uh, the irony of it is that the main thing I wanted to talk about was, uh, was the end of SmackDown last night uh, from a different perspective. Um, like, <clears throat> I wasn't available to be, to be on any shows yesterday because I had kids and family stuff to talk about one of the biggest yeah. things in WWE history. Kind of just out of the blue, Daniel Bryan is back and what that means for the future of the company and all that kind of stuff. But instead of like just fantasy booking out ahead of time, you think about literally what they did with it, like where they where they were, where they went with it. And it, it I mean, it, for me, it was absolutely the best single segment of WWE since you know the Festival of Friendship, ironically, also featuring uh, Kevin Owens. Um but look, I am not on the SmackDown show, so I get to talk about how much I have hated the program that began last September uh, with <laughs> Shane O'Mac's blood feud with with Kevin Owens, then bringing in Sami Zayn, and then like Shane O'Mac and and Daniel Bryan like trying to outbook each other. Like I'm gonna make this a triple threat. Well, I'm gonna make it a five way, and it was just so stupid, and I hated it, and I was not at all looking forward to whatever they pulled out of their butts for this program for Mania until last night and until that final segment. It's amazing what honest uh, performance and, and, and writing that uses logic and, and shared history before, between performers can do. When Daniel Bryan's in there and he says, dude, you guys, I've known you for 15 years. Like, we go back a long way. And when he admits that thing that Shane O'Mac said about him, that we all said that, this is stupid. Nobody believes that, Shane, about him living vicariously through yeah. Kevin and, and Sammy. But he admits, yeah, I was. And when you hear him talk in the beginning of the show about how he felt being out and how he was trying to get back so hard for so long behind the scenes, you believe absolutely that he looks at these dudes that he came up with on the independent circuit, like uh, being at the forefront and saying, man, I wish I could have been there. I wish I could be there with you guys. I really do. And so he was like subtly helping them out, even though he knew they were bad dudes. That makes perfect sense. And to see him admit it, it makes so much it gives so much more credence to this. And then he says, you guys won. Like, yeah. what an amazing thing to be able to say. Like, like totally lay it out so that Kevin, Kevin Owens, you could watch. This is what I'm talking about. I'm talking about as an actor coming for this. That Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens did some of the best acting on a WWE program last night that I've ever seen. Like, you watch Kevin go, oh, my God, he's right. And I'm going to have to hurt this dude. Like he, you, you watch because that's who who he is. Like he, that's his first response is violence. Sammy Zayn's first response is disbelief and trying to reason his way out of it. Like Sammy, you don't have to do this. You don't have to do this, Sammy. And that's who that's who Sam that you don't have to do this, Daniel. That's who Sammy Zayn is. So watching these two guys who are on the same wavelength together realize what's going to happen at different intervals was so phenomenal, and their reactions as the beatdown was happening. Of, of Kevin just screaming. Um, he, he can't contain his rage. And Sammy being like weirdly dead. To, like he doesn't, he won't look at the downed Daniel except for that one moment 
where Kevin forces him to hit the haluva kick, and then he howls this scream of agony that he had to do this to his friend, who he says, who he's, he knows he's right when he says, imagine 10 years ago, the three of us in an armory in front of 300 people, and somebody comes up to you and says, you two are going to get to fight each other at WrestleMania. Imagine that. And they think to themselves, oh my God, we just threw that away because we were so selfish. And all of that, to the point where there's a, there's a beautiful thing. Go back and watch this segment. I watched it five times today. Where Sammy's there five, five times. I couldn't get enough of it. Where, 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 where Kevin is screaming just in such frustration he can't make words. And he's pounding on the apron as the stretcher's being wheeled out behind Sammy. And Sammy kind of realizes there's somebody there and kind of looks behind him and realizes the gravity of what they've done. And he starts to push Kevin toward the back as Kevin still screams. Like, I don't, I mean, I hate these guys. <laughs> and I was, I was rooting for them to beat the crap out of Shane last week. And Daniel Bryan made me root against them. And at the same time, after last night, they are both more human and more well-rounded characters than they have ever been. Because you could see in that moment all the pain that they were going through having to do this to one of their oldest friends, but they felt like they had no other recourse. Like, I'm, I'm being so effusive about this because you know from watching me on Raw, if there's anything that's, nah, that's not quite perfect, I kind of nitpick. There's nothing to nitpick with this segment. It's practically perfect in every way. A friend of mine says... But getting you to root against Sammy and Kevin after all the stuff that Shane put them through, Daniel Bryan doing that, it's a damn magic trick. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty neat. I think my favorite part of that, before we move on to the other stuff, was that they could very well use Daniel Bryan's own words against him. Sammy, Go ahead. Kevin Owens tweeted out, hashtag, Fight for your dreams. There you go. And they like, did. He, he knows what he's doing. And he also, what today, went back to fight Steen Fight as his Twitter handle. Oh, really? Like, That's like, great. I, he, he, I, I'm, I'm fired. I'm not with his company anymore. Then screw this old this name that they made me use. That's amazing. But, yes, to, to, to say that, that we'll move on to, the, to whatever else happened last night. So, first off, I just want to say I love the name Lucha House Party. And when Nigel said that he'd never been one, I love Lindsay leaning over to the crowd, or leaning over and saying, okay, I got you next week. This happened with one of my teammates, a very mild-mannered, quiet kid, 18-year-old, perfect training partner, really quiet guy named Zach Stacy. And if you look online, you can find it. I'm over there on commentary, and I'm like, man, Zach Stacy's looking really good in side control. And this mild-mannered guy posts his elbow into his opponent's face and says, thanks, man, I really appreciate that. <laughs> to me on commentary. And I was like, oh, right. okay. So I felt shades of that. Uh, Hideo is able to shine a lot more in this 205 Live environment than I think he's been able to anywhere else outside of maybe his NXT heel run. He's meant to be a heel. In this yeah. WWE landscape, he's meant to be a heel. Uh, this was a fine match, a lane, lane DQ, but the story was the breakdown in all this. And Kalisto being that voice of reason and Tazawa being that voice of reason – and these guys wanted to get get each other. So I'm okay with that because that's not necessarily a finish we see all the time on this show. No, I, I really liked it. The the uh the idea of, you know, the, the, the trio, the Lucha Trio, House Party, 
uh, being out there together uh, and and Tozawa and uh, um, Hideo being put together. And there's been a lot of like, well, that's kind of lazy, just throwing the Japanese dudes together, make a tag team. But they're really great together. They they worked a match on main event where they have a perfectly put together finishing sequence that they're going to use when they become an actual honest to God tag team. Yeah. And probably are the wind, wind up being the first ever 205 Live tag champions. But I loved that Hideo shoved Metalik. And that's fine, because I guess you could do that. But when Metalik shoves back, now you got to call it a, a DQ. And <laughs> the idea that, that both Tozawa and Kalisto have to become voices of reason, and that um, how easy it is to anger Metalik is a cool story, as him being like the Raphael in yeah. Turtles of that group and him being like quick to anger. I think that's really cool to have groups like factions where each guy has a specific personality that you know that, that Metal League's quick to anger and that, you know, for lack of a better, you know, metaphor, that uh, Lince Dorado is Michelangelo. He's a party dude who likes pizza. I don't know. Maybe he is. But like the idea that they, you can mix and match these guys to have their personality shine within the, within the faction is really great. I don't like that they're doing the My Name Is promos. This is something that was taught heavily in OVW, I know, back in the day, because it's just the, the, the direction that WWE liked to send their guys. And I hated to hear, My Name Is Drew Gulak, and I'm like, you know, I, I don't need that out of Drew Gulak. Drew Gulak's so much better than that. Uh, we also saw TJP facing Kenneth Johnson, who I've not seen wrestle anywhere since the CWC. And I ingest a lot of wrestling. He had a very interesting... Front flip body block, you could say. And then uh, essentially had to do the same thing when TJP drop kicked him in the knee. Uh, TJP hit the detonation kick but decided to knee bar Kenneth Johnson instead and wouldn't let go. Seems like they're they're starting that, that little rebuild of TJP. Do you think that's because... Well, I, I'm interested in that because it seemed like a year ago they were just done with TJP. It seemed like several months ago they definitely were, but right now... You've had Austin Aries, Neville, Enzo, Rich Swan all hit the bricks. You've got perhaps a tag team title division starting right now. I think you almost have to rehabilitate a guy like TJP, right? Oh yeah, and I think that that you you can see what they what they will do uh, with guys is going to be different now that you have somebody else different who's in charge of that show and that that division of of who we're going to push, how we're going to present guys. Um, everything um, since the since in the new 205 Live, the post-Enzo era, has all been very different to me and in very interesting ways. Um, but yeah, I think that you can certainly utilize TJP as a cocky heel uh, and and get position him near the top of 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 the division um, and give him give him a you know I don't think he needs to ever have a title run again because I think that was yeah. that was not great. But then again, he was his, a baby. His... His was tournament a run face. was really good. His tournament run was fantastic, and we knew he could work in the ring. Uh, but he was not compelling as a champion. But True. then again, he was a babyface champion. Mm-hmm. I don't. Maybe maybe as a heel, his champion thing, uh, champion run would be. Uh, well, let's compelling. add to that a babyface champion that dabbed. Yeah, that's not true. not an easy one to get over. No, we had the main event, <laughs> Drew Gulak <clears throat> against Mustafa Ali. This was a real shining moment for Mustafa Ali. Perhaps not as much as uh, WrestleMania will be, though. Gulak hits a rough-looking electric chair that didn't have the shoulders down on Mustafa, but Nigel explained it very well on commentary. Really liked Ali using the Koji clutch, 
and uh, essentially a molly go round to the outside of the ring, which is not easy to do in the ring, much less outside the ring. Ali tossed Gulak over the table, flies over it onto him, and then Ali takes a gross back body drop to the outside of the ring. A nice tornado DDT and the imploding 450 win it for Mustafa Ali. And we have, man, possibly the most fire match that they could have put on. And quite honestly, the two guys, all respect to Gulak, but the two guys that probably deserved it most based on tenure, activity in the ring, what they've done to get themselves over outside of it, I've got no complaints here. Uh, Mustafa Ali and Cedric Alexander at WrestleMania. Oh my God! It, it, the, the fact that they that they pulled the trigger and put the the two most athletic, um, most most biggest fan favorite baby faces on, on the Mania card and just let them like give them thirteen minutes and let them let them just go. I mean, the, they'll win over everybody to the division. People who they'll people people who be in attendance at WrestleMania who've never watched a minute of two hundred five live will watch that match and go, I have to check that out now. Yeah. Like that's that's a it's a really big thing, but I don't want to lose sight of what Drew Gulak has meant to this division since the inception of 205 Live. Like he went from like murder machine to kind of funny pol- politician character yeah. who was like running against uh, he was like anti flips. That was his whole thing. And then when Enzo showed up, he became this comedy sidekick that was just out of this world fantastic where he would like read statements from Enzo and Enzo had laryngitis and he would like, that was amazing Uh, on the Thanksgiving episode. He dressed up as the gobbledygooker and he did this thing where like, I forgot to go to the bathroom before I put on the suit. He was just really funny in this cool little goofball character. And then they were, they were building to something serious with him where, where they, where they forced Enzo forced Drew to jump his Drew's best friend Tony Nice out of their little gang, like there was an episode of Two Hundred Five Live a few weeks before Enzo was gone, where they were obviously building to something where where Gulak was going to turn on his on his boss basically Enzo, and and Drew played every all the emotions of that scene so well, and I was like this guy's got something really serious mm-hmm. and 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 that he can go far in this business, and then when Enzo left, you thought maybe they was going to get rid of. Drew got Gulak altogether. Like, who's going to take him seriously anymore now that he was the gobbledygooker? And then he went back to, like, murder machine, like, times a million. Like, his matches in this tournament have proven. Like, one against Tony Nese, where he full-on snapped on his best friend. And then he was merciless with Mark Andrews. And then tonight, he made Mustafa Ali look like the GDP of a mid-sized nation. Like, 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 (laughs) like, like, it was amazing that you could have Mustafa Ali knew that he had to dig down deep inside him and do stuff that was he was not comfortable doing. Like the whole thing where he was slapping at, at, at Gulak, that's not who Mustafa Ali is. He had to be somebody different than himself in order to finally overcome all the crap that Gulak was throwing at him to get to this match. And let's not lose sight that the WWE has said, let's get a black guy and let's get a Muslim American and let's put him on the stage. I'm please tell me they're going to be in the main card. I was about at, to ask at that. WrestleMania. I mean, they deserve it. Well, here, I don't here's think... the thing. To me, I, I don't mind if they're on the pre-show if by now WWE has worked out whatever, whatever the fuck has been wrong with them the last several years to where they or the venue are like, 
hey, let's not let people in until about 45 seconds before the first match goes live. I mean, when I went to the Rumble, matches were going on before the advertised start time on the ticket. That's not okay no, for people man. that have flown across the world. If if the crowd is there, I'm okay with it. But otherwise, man, just throw them on the main card because you got a battle royal, you have Orton, Rude, Gender. Orton, Rude, and Gender does not need to be on that main card. It no. doesn't. No, I mean last last year the uh, was the IC match that wasn't on the that wasn't on the main card that, that got bumped to the pre-show. Like yeah. they're, they're, they 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 there are ways of doing this either, but they cannot be the curtain jerker of the pre-show like they forced Neville yeah. and Austin Aries to be last year. Here's the other thing that I was thinking about: this is the first time that the dudes from the CWC have gotten to be a part of WrestleMania. Yeah. Because la- last year, they-, they built this whole thing. The 205 Live brand was like, hey, the CWC was a huge success. We loved the athleticism that was shown there. Let's give them their own show. And like two months later, they were like, let's scrap that, bring in Neville. We'll, we'll bring in Austin Aries up from NXT, and we'll build the division around those guys. Yeah. And so so the, the, the guys who were told, like, hey – Remember that thing you did at the WWE a couple months ago? We're building a whole division around it. Come, come work for us. They're like, that's amazing. We're going to go to WrestleMania. Uh, hold on, not so fast, my friend. You know, like, and now, now this year they do. And the, the fact that it's Cedric Alexander who goes from that match with Kota Ibushi at the CWC and and people chanting, "Please sign Cedric." Yeah. And he goes goes from that, and he goes through a knee injury that really helped halted his progress a few months into uh, to the to the 205 Live, and he goes all the way through that, and he, he wins his match last week and has that amazing promo about his his four year old daughter calls him a champion every morning when she wakes up, and how now he actually might be actually be able to be one for her. That's amazing, and. At the same time, I don't know if I can root for that guy more than I root for Mustafa Ali, who's the first, let's be honest, the first guy with the name Mustafa Ali who's ever been presented as a babyface. Yeah, ever. WWE, ever. Has yeah. ever been pre- pre- presented as a guy who you can really cheer for. He's a former cop. He's got his wife at ringside last night wearing a hijab. Like, that's an amazingly progressive thing for this yeah, company is. to present. I'm I'm so excited, and here's the thing. Either one of these guys, I have no idea who will win this match at Mania, and either way, I'm going to be so, so happy for that guy. Who yeah, can't, can't wait for this one. We are about to take it to part, uh, actually, part two of our Hangman page interview. Part one was on. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The list and your boy this week, Alex. I want to thank you so much for joining me. Obviously, you've got, you got a big, strong style of all show coming up. Jay White. It's funny because among the the predictions from uh, pundits, analysts, whoever, many thought that Jay White would end up joining Bullet Club when he debuted for New Japan. Obviously, that didn't work out. You're facing him at Strong Style Evolve. How do you look for that to go down, and, and how are you preparing? Yeah, you know, uh, Jay White had the, I guess, opportunity to join Bullet Club, uh, much like I did at one point in my career. Um, and, and I think you, you can see how that's turned out for me. Uh, it's been the best move of my career, and I really feel like it would have been the best move for Jay's career as well. Um, you know, but decided decided not to, and, and I understand that. And that's, uh, so far, it worked out well for him, but, you know, I don't see it working out that well for so much longer. Um you know, I'm really looking forward to this match. He's somebody I've never had a singles match with before. Uh, he's a heavy-handed dude, but man, I am too. Uh, so I'm looking forward to this. This should be this should be great with a lot on the line. We talked about Bullet Club, obviously, and being the elite has has taken the wrestling world by storm to the point to where that show is in New Japan and Ring of Honor canon. Not not just in canon, but among the top storylines all across the show. Uh, could you have ever imagined that being the situation when you when you joined up um you know as soon as i kind of got into being the elite and figured out what it was and you know how it worked um yes i saw that because it was something that people really latched on to and not just wrestling fans you know we have fans that you know aren't necessarily or weren't wrestling fans until now um you know are i've seen what it's like at these meet and greets with with cody the bucks whoever uh myself you know, they're, they consider themselves first and foremost being the elite fans, uh, and they also like wrestling. Um, so I, I definitely saw that it would, would go that direction. I'm not surprised by it at all. Uh, you know, we're a group of guys who, you know, are all very talented in different ways, and uh, we're putting in, you know, more work than anybody I've ever seen. Uh, and, you know, that pays off. So, I, yeah, I did expect that. In addition to New Japan, you've, the, the Bullet Club situation has given you a big break in Ring of Honor, and you've been there for a long time. Uh, how, what was the process of you know the years that you spent there before Bullet Club, and uh, maybe your your mindset heading into something like this finally happening for you, this, especially despite you being such a young dude. Yeah, you know I, I've been in Ring of Honor a while, um, and you know I don't know how how much people realize that. Um, but I was a young guy. I was still kind of figuring out my style, figuring out, you know, what kind of wrestler I was. Um, and I really feel like in the past year or two, I've, I've figured that out. Um, and I think, you know, something like Bullet Club and, and being the elite, maybe more than anything, uh, it just they give me a vehicle to show that to the world. You know, I don't necessarily think it's that I've changed as much. Uh, you know, I've just had a, a better exposure, better, you know. People can see my maybe personality a bit more, and, you know, being the elite and stuff like that. And you know, when somebody like the Young Bucks put their stamp of approval on you, you know, no matter how how good you are to start with, it doesn't do anything but help. 
That was Hangman Page. Of course, you guys can see that full interview over at Fightful.com. Also have him for the upcoming season of Making a Finisher. It's the series that I have where I go in-depth with a wrestler on how they came up with their finish, why they use it, maybe who took it the best. Lots of cool stuff there. Uh, That will be on Fightful, just baseline. We're not adding that to the premium service since I already had that planned uh, ahead of time. But uh, right now we got that current season of Wikipedia fact check. It's had like Muhammad Hassan, Colt Cabana, Kazarian, lots of cool people, and lots more to come as well. New Japan Cup. Zack Sabre Jr. won the New New Japan Cup. I don't think he has a damn chance in hell against Okada, to be honest with you, because Okada is about to tie Tanahashi's record for most title defenses. Uh, I think Tanahashi and Nagata's. Uh, It took Tanahashi like 240 days less to do it, and Nagata even less than that, but they, they want to establish Okada as the best IWGP champion of all time. And if I were New Japan, I would definitely extend that beyond the two-year point. You're so close to it now. Why not just go ahead and do it? Zack Sabre Jr. had one hell of a run on his way. And the thing is, with Tanahashi in New Japan, like I thought Zack Sabre was going to win. But with Hiroshi Tanahashi in New Japan, you can never be too sure, right? Because, I mean, look at Wrestle Kingdom. Did he need to beat Jay White? No. Should he have? No. Why... Still, I'm confused why he beat Jay White. And that's that's just that's just a little confusing. My favorite spot of the match was Sabre waiting for Tanahashi to skin the cat so he could knee bar Tanahashi. That was just really, really cool. And of course, I love Zack Sabre Jr. tapping out Tanahashi clean in the middle of the ring. Pretty good match. There was... Uh, I thought it was a little bit lost in everything. I think that a lot of New Japan this week is lost in everything with Daniel Bryan and... Even Fabulous Moolah last week, it seemed like New Japan, as far as a buzzworthy show, kind of took a back seat to that. Of course, we did have live coverage and discussion, as we will for uh, New Japan Strong Style Evolve this Sunday. And they haven't announced a whole lot for that because they they wanted to wait until after New Japan Cup. But I think you got to you gotta start spacing that out a little bit. And you have Sakura Genesis coming up the weekend after that. And then Ring of Honor, Supercard of Honor the weekend after that. It is a really, really big, like three or four weeks for New Japan and Ring of Honor. So that's something worth keeping your eye on. I'm asked about Zack Sabre Jr.'s um, grappling credentials. I don't know, but it's obvious he's trained somewhere. I'll find out a little bit more. I mean, like I know Billy Robinson uh, worked with Daniel Bryan a little bit, or at least Bryan went to one of his seminars and that, uh, Brian went to Extreme Couture, so I'm sure that Sabres isn't that hard to track down. But as far as Sabre, Okada, I'm sure that match is going to be a lot of fun because, man, every you know every big match that Okada has is just off the charts, unbelievable. Um, as Jonathan in our chat says, press conference tonight in two hours. Uh, if there's a stream of it, we'll have it up on Fightful.com. <clears throat> but yeah, Okada's going to beat Sabre, <laughs> I would imagine. BTE. I thought BTE wasn't as momentous of a show this time. It was more of a, hey, we're traveling type of show. But you did have Cody in there trying to plant the seed in uh, Matt's head that he's better than Nick. And I loved (laughs) the Kenny Omega trying to explain himself to the Young Bucks, only to have his message mysteriously edited. Like... (laughs) comically so it was great that is my favorite part of this week's bte it was just um (laughs) a plus stuff 
that edit right there. But other than that, it was it was kind of a um, yeah. And Jonathan says I like Nick not t- totally being fooled. Yeah, but he was like, "There's something off about this." Yeah, you think that was that was fun stuff. As far as the New Japan Strong Style Evolved go- show goes, right now they got three matches announced: Hangman Page, Switchblade Jay White, who we're going to talk about in a, or we're going to talk to in a minute. I think Jay White wins that. And uh, he's had some interesting comments, as you'll hear in my interview, about the possibility of him joining Bullet Club. He's not ruling it out. Also, Jushin Thunder Liger, Rey Mysterio. I think Rey Mysterio gets that one done because he is a special attraction. And um, and his his thing is just kind of... Is is there to, to help put over people when he needs to. Golden Lovers, Young Bucks, that's a Golden Lovers type of thing. I think they do want to establish... Golden Lovers as immediately a top tag team. And had you told me even a year ago that they were going to, or a few months ago, I don't want to say a few months ago, maybe seven, eight, that they were going to put Kenny Omega in a tag team, I would have been like, huh? Especially after the Okada matches that he had. But it's, ah, it's just so awesome what they've done. Somebody says, O'Hare was the better devil's advocate. You know what? For you guys on this stream, since this is kind of a, a bit of an underground stream. And like I said, this this show will likely move to that premium service when we launch it uh, next month. I just wanted to, I have to, I want to remind you all because I don't want to be accused of bait and switch. But since you all are here, my next long form will be on Sean O'Hare, the devil's advocate. I'm going to talk to a lot of people about Sean O'Hare and the potential unfulfilled. You all have read stuff that I've done before on Muhammad Hassan, who's on Matt Coon and Robbie E's podcast today, I think. I'm going to check that out very soon. I did one on the NWA. I did one on the Brawl for All. I've done one on on the MMA side, Shane Crutchton, Gerald Harris. And I did one on the Kentucky Athletic Commission. But uh, Sean O'Hare is just a, such a fascinating story to me. That's And, and I happen to know a lot of people who uh, worked with him. I'm going to really, really dig deep. That This one might take a little bit longer because of the legal issues that he had. And, of course, he's not with us anymore, so I can't talk to the man himself. But... I'm going to really, really reach out and see what I can can do in that regard. Sorry I keep bringing up the premium service. Like I said, I just want to prepare people who watch this show. Uh, it will be worth it, too, by the way. And we're not uh, we're not going to quit with the... We're not adding NXT TakeOver streams to that premium service. Those will still be on our typical YouTube page. But also on our YouTube page is my interview with Switchblade, Jay White. Listen. Facing Hangman Page on Sunday. I spoke to him yesterday. He said that he thought that joining the Bullet Club would have been a better career decision for you and that he's not convinced that you won't eventually do that. How do you feel about that? Uh, you know, one never knows what's going to happen down the track. You know, A year ago, when people thought that I'd beaten Kenny Omega for this title, I doubt that. Um, so, he says that not joining wasn't a good decision. I'm the one that's got the championship that he's coming after, so I feel like that decision worked out pretty good for me. Put myself in a main event position against the guy that people consider to be the best wrestler in the world. Uh, him saying it wasn't the right decision, I take that more of a little bit, a little bit of jealousy that he couldn't have had the chance to do that himself. Uh, but I guess that's why he also then came out and challenged me afterwards. Um, you know, him being in the Bullet Club, I feel like it limits him. Uh, I've heard. In a previous interview, someone told me that he said that, that I have a rocket strapped to my back. I think I'd put that rocket on my own back if I turn it down. 
Kenny Omega and the stuff that I do, whereas he uh, limits himself by just tag by teaming with the Young Bucks. You know, very popular guys, but he's going to constantly constantly be in the Young Bucks shadow and then Cody's shadow with what he does. So, um, you know, I see there's a little bit, a little bit of jealousy that he couldn't go out and do his own thing himself. Yeah, given all the friction with Bullet Club, a lot of people thought that you would step in and kind of take over things there. That wasn't the case. Did you hear that a lot before you had made your decision? No, no. Like, like I said, when I, I said to everyone in you know press conferences and whether it's online and after a couple of matches that beforehand, I said I was going to beat Kenny, and this was all going to happen, and it has. You know, I'm just letting, I'm just letting it all unfold, letting them all turn on each other. Uh, you know, the Bullet Club's got out of control over the last couple of years in terms of how many people's in it and, and the stuff, the stuff that they do as well. Um, you've got almost two versions of the Bullet Club. You've got the the guys who call themselves the the OGBC, you know, Fale, Tamatonga and stuff out in out in Japan. Then you've got the the being the elite guys that started off as Kenny and the Bucks, and then you've got then they just fell, then they brought Cody into that, and then you've got Adam Page and Marty. I feel just trying to act like the young bucks there, and so it's a uh, it's all a bit of a mess. But I feel like they're picking each other off at the moment, and they'll get it back down to its core, and we'll see if it even survives that. Switchblade Jay White also got him for that making a finisher. I am very excited about that series because I'm always just like I'm always just so fascinated by how and why people came up with their finishes. So uh very interested in that. NXT, Tom Tommaso Ciampa comes out and it seems like he's gonna be silent again. But then he goes off, says that Johnny Gargano is not gonna be there, starts to tear up signs, but Gargano is there. And beats Ciampa's ass. We know where this is going. Not for a minute was anybody fooled into thinking that Gargano and Ciampa weren't having a match at at uh, at WrestleMania, and they should. This is or at WrestleMania weekend. And on paper, as I said on the Listen Your Boy today, this could be one of the greatest wrestling weekends of all time. There are no shortage of shows that I am just pumped for, including uh, Riddle and Ellsworth. Come on, I meant to talk about that on. Uh, listen, your boy, this week. But Ciampa and Gargano, man, the heat on that. Just the heat on that. Whoo, boy. Damn. I thought Undisputed Era's backstage promo was lame. Like, Kyle O'Reilly especially, and that, that hurts my heart. Because I am I really enjoy Kyle O'Reilly's work. But I do like their music playing in the background of it. Because it does have that kind of douchey guys hanging out together type of vibe you know what i mean i'm also glad that nxt is back at full sale center stage just sucks come on now all due respect i and that's in the geneva convention i can say whatever i want after i say that center stage sucks don't go back there so lame Pete Dunne is revealed as Strong's partner, which we all kind of saw happening. Man, Danny Burch's strikes were stiff in this, as were Oni Lorkins. Uh, so, uh, water is also wet. Grass is also green, in case you you wondered. Uh, this match was good, but it wasn't my cup of tea, but it was the crowd's cup of tea, and that's really all that matters. When the crowd is lit like that, who gives a damn how Sean Ross Sapp feels? The crowd got what they wanted, and if, if the crowd got what they, they wanted, I get the feeling that it was conveyed through the TV screen, or the computer screen, whatever you call it. 
It, Roderick Strong is just, he's on it. And when he does that end of heartache, boy, is he hitting that with just, ooh, something, some stank on it these days. Now, it is a little close to the lumbar check, but, I mean, good God. And, you know, it makes me wonder if they haven't changed his finisher yet, if when he gets called up, he will be on 205 Live, which if 205 Live was what WWE always wanted it to be, then that wouldn't be looked at negatively. It'd just be looked at as, hey, it's a 205 Live show. Because, I mean, Pete Dunne will eventually be a part of it. I'm wondering, by the way, Strong and and Birch got the win. There was a nice double chop from Dunne and Strong as well. And I'm starting to wonder when are they going to just start scheduling the NXT TakeOver pay-per-views for three hours. Why not at this point? Because WWE pay-per-views are really three and a half, four hours. So why not make the developmental brand, the NXT brand, three hours? Especially if you're going to have NXT Championship, uh, North American, Women's Tag Team, the UK Championship hanging around there. I mean, go ahead and make them three hours. You need that. There's no reason that people like the iconic duo, despite their surgeries, should miss multiple pay-per-views in a row. That's not okay. That's not normal. Get them on the show. I get it. You got to have something filmed for the week after, but come on now. Ember Moon over Aaliyah. Ember is just so smooth in the ring. And I think Shayna is rather smooth on commentary as well. She has just that natural, I can kick the living shit out of you type of attitude. And... Yeah, she's. She, I don't want to say she's like that in the interactions I've seen her have, like realistically. But she knows that she knows her shit in real life. I mean, she knows that she is a talented woman, and she is not afraid to embrace that. And I think that it has come through in her character so well that uh, that it just. I don't mind them running this back. Usually, I hate them running back a, a, a title match rematch, especially when the challenger lost, but. But this man, as as Stone Osborne said, Shayna is a fucking alpha. Yeah. And you boys wait until uh, another one of those four horsewomen gets involved in pro wrestling because I've seen some stuff. And uh, that's all I'll say right now. You guys are going to like it once it happens. Cole versus Ono. I love that Cole still did power moves while wrestling Ono. Like, he didn't care. And earlier in the night, he thought he said stuff like, yeah, yeah, I'm going to walk through him. I'm going to walk through him. Well, that's nobody's going to walk through Cassius Ono in any situation. His role there is pretty defined, but it wasn't going to be a cakewalk. I love the fall-away powerbomb into the ropes from Cassius Ono and the suplex into the knee breaker, which I'm pretty sure used to be called the last shot, but then, then Mauro Ronaldo said that Adam Cole's finisher is the last shot. So that's a little bit confusing to me. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm a little scatterbrained. But I like that he did that to Cassius Ono because that looked damn impressive. And Cole needed to win here. Ono is going to be Ono no matter what. And we know what he's there for. He's the modern day Ty Dillinger with a lot more experience behind him that hits a lot harder. He, He was the spot that Tyler Breeze was in one time. And that's not a bad thing. You could do a lot worse than having Cassie Sono at that performance center teaching people. Guys, I want to thank you all so much for, for joining me. This this show, a little bit earlier, uh, usually these shows happen in the middle of the night, like 1 or 2 in the morning, but uh, 
My wife was hanging out with her sister tonight, so I got to go and watch NXT on time. Got to have Alex on. Thank you to him. He messaged me before that. He's like, listen, buddy, you don't even have to pay me. Just have me on to talk about uh, some wrestling. And I was like, you know what? I'll try to. Let me see if I can make this work. And I did. Thank you all so much. As I mentioned, this show likely moving to our future premium service, uh, pushing for it to be on a low tier and everything like that. If it were up to me, we'd just have Whatever. But, you know, I promise you guys it'll be very worth it. I encourage you all to check that out when when that's coming. And um, definitely want to give a shout out to Pat Fannin and Andrew Thompson who have been doing a lot of the writing on Fightful.com outside of breaking news stuff, which I still do, because they have made this possible. This this, uh, ability to push forward a premium service that can help offset our giant staff costs. Because you boys at Fightful pay our writers and we pay them very well at least uh, according to other sites that are at the top of pro wrestling maybe don't pay so well thank you guys so much uh i obviously have a longer leash on shows like this and i want to thank you guys for joining me until next time guys i am out Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.